you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier, and you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not a lot. We are uh, still uh, finding our way through a, a, a bye week off week. So we're, we're, we're taking questions a little bit early this week, but, but as we get a little bit closer to game time, uh, things will start getting a little bit more fast and furious because we have a four-day turnaround that I'm sure mm. most Cowboys fans are used to at this point with the holiday. Uh, but it, it every year it seemingly uh, uh, sneaks up on me. And I would imagine that a year in which uh, we are doing this right after a bye, it, it really is going to sneak up on you. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fast and furious over the next what 12, 13 days. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for it. But uh, we've got a lot of a lot of good questions to talk about today, Landon. And I want to start with this one. Uh, comes from about five different people. They want to know about the Cowboys potentially signing cornerback DeAndre Baker, uh, who was a first round pick of the Giants in the 2019 draft. And listen, when you're when you follow the Cowboys or you follow an NFL team, uh, not only do you have to know about football, you also have to know about legal stuff and medical stuff. And now we got to put on our, our our legal hats here. And actually, I, I tried yesterday to read this entire story about DeAndre Baker, and it still doesn't make any sense to me. But he got caught in some kind of I I don't even what was it, Landon? What what exactly happened with Baker that he got uh, in trouble? Well, it's, I mean, I've read a little bit of it too, so I don't want to claim to be an expert, but it sounds like what happened is that he got caught up in an extortion plot in which uh, these three people who originally posed as victims were working for a lawyer who was uh, basically trying to extort Baker and uh, Quentin Dunbar out of money in order to get them to basically mm-hmm. drop these charges, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I could be wrong on about it because I, I did feel like... No, I think that's right. I, think that's I did right. feel like I read somewhere that the lawyer was actually offering them... Yeah, the lawyer got in trouble. Yeah, no, no, the, the lawyer, the lawyer is definitely in trouble. But I, I thought that there was something, there was one thing that I read that didn't make any sense to me, and maybe it doesn't make sense because it's not true. But I thought there was also a component where the lawyer was offering Baker and Dunbar similar services, like you know, where they that he would extort other people for them. But I can't. But but it, but anyways, they they didn't take on any of that. I, I think basically for what it sounds like, 
Baker, all the charges have been dropped. Uh, the 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 quote unquote victims have all recanted their stories, and that happened a little while ago. Uh, and I think the, the latest thing is that now, okay, actually the perpetrator is the lawyer, the one who's trying to extort money out of Baker and Quentin Dunbar. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's about one of the more wild. And again, uh, listen, I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a, uh, a cautionary tale again for NFL players, young players with money. Right. Is that sure they, yeah. they are when you uh, are young and you have a bunch of money, uh, whether it's financial advisors, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, scheming lawyers like this guy. There's always out someone out there who's going to be trying to take your money and 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 trying to like you know fool you into something, and you just got to be really careful who you associate with. I I don't even know that this has anything to do with who Baker was associating with, but but still, it's just it's another uh, a terrible instance where someone's young life, someone's uh, young livelihood, almost and I mean really in a lot of ways did get completely yeah. derailed by uh, by someone con- trying to con them out of out of their money. Yeah, so the reason that we're talking about this now is we've heard now from a couple different people that the Cowboys are at least sniffing around. Uh, I know our our guy, Mike Fisher, said that the Cowboys are interested. Uh, They asked uh, 105.3, the fan, they asked Jerry Jones about it, and he certainly didn't say no. Are you interested, Landon? Because this is, again, somebody from Georgia that people really liked. He was a first-round pick. I mean, I know the rookie year wasn't fantastic, but... but are you interested in maybe bringing him in on a vet minimum deal for a year or two to see how it works out? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting uh, uh, scenario, right? Because, I mean, and, and and you may need to chime in here too because, I mean, I definitely remember hearing and reading things about Baker before all this started, right? Like that there, yeah. that there may be some... Lock, he was, I guess, Joe Judge stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Joe Judge, the the new coach there, I think said, you know, he just wasn't a fit in our locker room. So that's just something else that you got to pay attention to before, you know, be, even before this off the field stuff. So maybe there's some conflict there with how he meshes with coaches as well. But yeah, I guess from an on the field talent perspective, and you know, just trying to maybe regain value from a former first-round pick. That's what's interesting to me. Yeah, I, and I think that that's, you know, absolutely as far as a reclamation project, uh, as far as a, a acquiring talent, and it all, you know, 365 days a year sort of situation, I absolutely am interested in his talent. Um, you know, and again, I, I'm not saying that his off-field situation is, uh, uh, you know, unsignable worthy. But I, I do think that my point was is that even though he may have been the victim on this, it doesn't mean that he's also, you know, one hundred percent a good locker room match for every for what we're doing. So th- there still needs to be some sure, examination sure. there, I would say. But if that all comes back clean, I mean, the talent is is pretty hard to deny. He was one of the better corners coming out that year, uh, and I think, you know, with the Cowboys' current situation, uh, if he could come in and play at a, anywhere near the level that we kind of all anticipated him playing in the NFL, uh, he could be a real asset and, and really kind of help buoy a, a, a team that may be only, you know, one or two good cornerbacks away from being serviceable, right? Yeah, so there's a couple of different things that we kind of have to sift through here. So, I, I again, I can't speak for the character part of yeah. it. I, I've never met DeAndre Baker. I haven't really talked to anybody who has. So that's just not something I can comment on. Now, 
going into the draft, he was somebody who tested as a not so great athlete, just nine percentile athleticism according to Three Sigma athlete. Uh, that was concerning, you know, to start the season last year, just absolutely terrible. In the team's first uh, 10 games, he gave up a pass rating of 132. Now, I know the Giants' pass rush wasn't great, and he was going against, you know, guys like Amari Cooper and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and, it, you know, it was just rough. But there were some signs that he was getting better. In his last, you know, six games of the season, uh, we saw him just give up 248 yards. The the passer rating was 94, which still isn't great, but it was a sign of improvement. We saw more. Uh, we saw the completion percentage drop down to 48%. So there is talent there. And again, this is somebody who was a rookie last year from a big program, has a lot of success in the SEC. If it's on a vet minimum contract on a team that's not going to, you know, compete and that has some injuries, I, I don't, I really don't see what's the harm, right? Yeah, I mean, again, I think, I think the, a lot of the risk has been removed from the situation because of everything that's happened, right? Like, you know, since he's been released, since he is eligible to be signed on, on the, that kind of deal, uh, I think that that, you know, it takes away a lot of the risk, and I think that if anything, he may. These terms may actually create a little bit of a bidding war, potentially. You know, I mean, I, potentially. I think because you know he's he's got high pedigree, and, and you know the it, there's the uh, uh, family guy box aspect of it, right? Like where you, you don't really know what's in the box. It could be it could be anything. It could be, could be a cornerback, uh, but but I, at the same time, you know, it's it's he's young, so there's development there. You don't get mm-hmm. opportunities to sign. You know, first round pick cornerbacks, uh, you know, recently first round pick cornerbacks off the street. Like, that's just something that doesn't happen, right? It's so, no, um, no, no. I, I tend to think that, yeah, like the Cowboys, what do they have to lose, really? You know, I Nothing. mean, so if they, if it's, if it's not, if it's not a good situation, um, uh, then yeah, then then you, you release them. You, you no no harm, no foul, and that's why I guess you know my my point was that you know this may not be a, a perfect fit necessarily, but there's absolutely zero risk in doing it right now, right? Because of because sure. of, yes. of of all that we just discussed, because all the risk has been removed by the fact that he's been cut. He's not doing any money. Uh, he's basically just a guy on the street who happens to be a 23 year old former first round pick corner. Absolutely, I agree. It'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, DeAndre Baker. Maybe he doesn't even sign this season. Maybe, Maybe. he waits to the off season yeah. until everything gets sorted out, um, and that way he can have more of a market. Because uh, the other thing too is that now he's still got to do COVID protocol stuff, right? So that means he probably still has to go through two weeks. I, I would assume. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I'm assuming. So yeah. I mean, he's not even going to start playing until week. 14, 14, 13, 14. So, so what, yeah. two, three, three weeks left, depending on which team he's, he's with. Uh, so he, he'd be better off just to, to wait out this season, hold a workout, you know, over, you know, March, April, show everybody that he's healthy and have everything cleared up and then, you know, jump back into this. I, that probably makes I, the I, most sense. I wonder if they could put him on some sort of list, you know, assign him and then maybe put him on a list yeah. or just make him inactive. Just, you know, just to see, because uh, it's possible. Yeah. I think, I think for, for me, I don't know that you're going to see maybe it'd be good to see him like those last two games if he could find a way to get in you know just to get get some some reps underneath them uh but if you're gonna sign him the, the idea in my mind would be you know let's 
this is this is a tryout for this year, but but really we're, we're going to see what we have in him next year, right? Because I don't yeah. I don't think this this year the end of the year after missing all, the whole season, uh, it's you're going to see a ton of really good snaps out of the guy. Yeah, get him ready for the you know the week sixteen game against the Eagles, week seventeen against the Giants, and then have him ready for the playoffs. Right? That's what we're thinking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, sure, the playoffs. That's right. The, 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 that's totally a thing on for this team. I, I, I forget every single time uh, we talk. Yes, yeah. sure, have them ready for the playoffs. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, hey, it's not out of the question. No, but, it's not. That's uh, why it's funny. I guess is that yeah, it's totally within the realm of possibility. Yeah, if you beat the Eagles and Giants to finish the season, you probably are in the playoffs. But uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite local restaurant and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. I also wanted to tell you about Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. All right, Landon, let's get to some more questions. This one comes from Scott. Uh, He says, Marcus, the defensive line uh, issues have primarily come from one place, and that is the defensive tackles. They cannot stop the run or collapse the interior part of the opposing offensive line, nor protect their linebackers in the run games, leading to injuries, which is kind of all true. Uh, Why won't they just draft bigger defensive tackles? Do you think that the Cowboys going forward now that Rob Marinelli is not here they'll potentially start to change a draft philosophy on bringing in bigger, bigger guys in the interior. I love the way that you kind of trailed off there. Like you weren't even believing what you were saying as you were reading. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, you know why it is? Why? Because it's not, it's not Rob Marinelli that doesn't like big interior guys. It's Will McClay. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I think that there was something to the idea that they, they both agreed. I mean, that's the thing that I think people are struggling with in general is that, uh, you know, they. It's hard. It's hard at this point to separate and and, and not conflate what is a Will McClay tendency and what is a Rod Marinelli uh, tendency because because they were so aligned. Yeah, on a lot of things. You know, whether it's long corners, whether it's defensive interior guys. I mean, I think that you know there was kind of a begrudging signing of of Don Terry Poe. And it really, you know, it. I almost wonder if it isn't just going to be used as some sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, that that McClay can point to and say, "Look, we did this; it was terrible." Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I look. I think it's we can have the discussion about whether or not 
they should go through the free agent route or 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 the draft route with defensive tackle. I I mean I obviously I think the answer just like everything else should be both, right? Sure. Um, sure. I think the problem the problem is is that by the time we're done having the conversation, you know, we may have something in 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 Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore. You know, like I think that that's like the thing is is that uh, you know we we can go into next year and 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 talk about you know like I think that's the other part of the issue too is that I think generally speaking, what 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 you've seen out of Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore is pretty typical for uh learning curves at the position right like it's mm-hmm. it's not an easy position to come in and be dominant at immediately you know no most of these guys don't start producing until the third or fourth year of the rookie contract so right? yeah so uh, you know and that puts tristan at, at he's in his third year gallimore being his second year uh i i think if you look at again we've only kind of briefly started to dip our toes into uh draft stuff talking about 2021 draft I, I think that we can kind of all universally say though uh that this is not a great defensive tackle class and no, no. uh and even if it was uh i don't you know i don't know that even a like we've said i don't know that a great defensive tackle class has a bunch of t- defensive tackles that are will ready to come in here and, and make an impact on in the interior of a defensive well, line. So, Well, let me give you an example, right? <clears throat> we both loved Derek Brown coming out yeah. of Auburn last year. Yeah. You know, fantastic. That was somebody that we thought should have been a top 10 pick. Even in Carolina right now, as good as he is, you know, they're having problems stopping the run because it takes these defensive tackles a long time to, to, to just get used to the speed and the strength of the NFL. So just because you draft a guy high doesn't necessarily mean all of a sudden everything's going to be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and that's the thing is that uh, the problem in general with defensive tackle is that it's hard to find an immediate fix, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and I think that the way that you ha- – the only way to do it really is to just bite the bullet and pay big money for a free agent if, if he becomes available. Or, or at least, you know, reasonable amount of money for a, you know, a, a vet free agent, right? Well, and the, th- the problem with that is we've seen the history of defensive tackles, too, where those guys it's a, it's a don't all... it's a it's a, it's a it's a roll of the dice. Yeah. Totally. I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of those guys get paid and for whatever reason, the play drops off or it's a wrong scheme fit and they're, you know... I can think of several examples off the top of my head of guys that just didn't work out in free agency. Absolutely. So it really is one of the more difficult positions to find in the NFL. Yeah. There's just not a lot of those guys. That's right. And I think that that's a lot of what we're talking about is that, you know, you to get the guy that you want, you probably got to draft him. Right. But, but you got to develop, but then him. you got to develop him. Like you can't, you can't, yep. it's not going to take, it's, it's, it's sort of like tight end in a large. Sure. Uh, right? Yes, I agree. Where, yes. where, where it's, it, if you need a tight end next year, I mean, you either, you either should have drafted him two years ago, or you're going to need to pay money on on the free agent market, and and mm-hmm. you probably will a overpay if you're lucky. Just, if you're lucky, all you'll do is overpay, and if you're unlucky, you'll get with what the Cowboys got with Poe, where you paid him for nothing. Like you, you know, like those snaps should have gone to somebody else, and and now you're just out that money. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's. 
it's a it's a it's a difficult pro- spot to be in for the Cowboys. I, I do like like I mentioned, I do like that Tristan Hill and Gallimore have shown you something, uh, and that I think that there is some. I, I do look forward to seeing what we see from those two players at this point next season, right? But I think that if you want immediate improvement or if you want to kind of even further bowie that 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 defensive interior you're probably going to have to look at 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 the free agent market or a trade situation um and even then you're still very heavily rolling the dice i think what happened here is the cowboys just ignored that position for far too long right yeah so like in 2016 they took malik collins in the third round which I, Collins turned out to be a fine pick for a third rounder, sure. right? But that's a that's a three technique. Now, even so, you look for the next ten years of their drafts; they really never invested in any sort of defensive tackle play, like in the top hundred or hundred and fifty. Like I think you have to go back. I mean, a long ways. Does Jason Hatcher even really count? Because when they drafted him, he was a, a three technique, or, I mean, or he was a five technique, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, bef- that's the, before that's the that, I mean. But as you, you far as really, drafting a guy for what we're talking about, I mean, they have it in in in, in this current iteration of decision makers. I mean, with Will McClay involved, right? Like, when was the last defensive tackle they drafted to play that position that performed at a you know above average pace? Jay Ratliff. Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> that was that was a long time ago. And I mean, even Jay it, Ratliff was 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 also a five technique. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. It's been a long time. And and really, the last time that they got truly great defensive tackle play out of someone that they signed, like that was a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. Leroy Glover? I, I mean, yeah. it's it's been a long time. So as you were talking there, I, I look from 2011 – yeah, actually, from 2010. I'm uh, from 2010 to 2015. So that's six drafts. The Cowboys total drafted one defensive tackle. Do you know who that was? From what, from what years? To, from 2010 to 2015. So six drafts. They've drafted one defensive tackle. Do you know who it was? Uh, wait, what year was Billy Collins taken? 2015. 2016. 2016. Uh. Uh oh! It was the wasn't it the uh it was like a seventh router from Virginia, wasn't it? Uh, close, Ken Bishop Ken from Bishop, Northern yeah. Illinois. Yeah, okay. But that, that's that's literally all the assets and resources they they spent at that position. Yeah. So it's no wonder why they haven't had success at that. I mean, they since 2016 they've only drafted three guys: Malik Collins, uh, Neville Gallimore, and Tristan Hill. So again. Not a surprise that they're having some some problems inside their defensive line. Well, again, they just haven't... and I'll just put this out. I mean, a part of it is because they have gotten away with getting good production at times from defensive ends that they've permanently moved inside. Whether it's uh, Hatcher, David Irving is another guy who you know Tyrone Crawford, that, Tyrone yeah. Crawford. I mean, Crawford's had mixed experience in there, but I, I, that is kind of been their their way of doing this, and, and it's. You know, it's it's definitely past the point where they need to try to find something different to, 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 to fill this hole. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I'm probably going to tweet that stat out as soon as this podcast is done because the Cowboys have just not invested in that position at all, and it's not a surprise that uh, they're struggling. Chickens have come uh, home to roost at this. At this yeah, point. absolutely. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first box. Again, that is BuiltBar.com. All right, Landon, a few more questions before we head out. Uh, this one from at Rosdoon. Is the Cowboys' defense quietly progressing? I think their stats might not be as bad as they seem. They blew a lot of coverages earlier in the year, and they were hurt by turnovers on offense. Do we see signs of life from this Cowboys' defense? Well, I would definitely say that they're playing better, for sure. I mean, I feel like the last two weeks have been uh, certainly nothing like the weeks, the two weeks previous to that, you know. Um, I think that you know, it's been very, just very inconsistent. You know, uh, I think it's good to see two weeks in a row of, of decent defense, right? And I think last week the real, the real surprise was the ability of this defense to stop the run. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. that was the best run defensive performance that we've seen uh, from this unit so far. Um, and, and I think well, that, they're certainly going to get tested this week playing Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. Well, at the same time, <laughs> I mean, if, if you watch that game last night, it didn't look like Minnesota was having a ton of success anywhere. But that a lot of that, like you mentioned, that's a, yeah, that's a, been, that's a way better front seven than what Cowboys. Yes. Have. Well, you know, again, uh, I mean, I think we've we've gone down this path of 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 you know of. of thinking we knew exactly what was going to happen when we faced Pittsburgh and, and that they blew all of our expectations out of the water there. So it, yeah, I would say on a, on a, uh, you know, if you're just looking at this, uh, if I was looking at this any other season besides 2020, I would say that Minnesota is going to run all over the Cowboys uh, unless, you know, the Dallas is, continues to improve their defense. Um, but you know, it is 2020, so we should allow for all possibilities, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to think that it's going to be uh, a, a, a difficult matchup for the Cowboys because of their ability to run the football. Uh, but I do think that because of it's, it's an outside zone team, that maybe the Cowboys will be able to find some uh, a way to kind of slow things down a little bit. Because really, I think... You know the, the the issues that the Cowboys have had is is like you mentioned interior running. Now of course there's always cutback lanes for uh, for you know Cook to get through, uh, but I think that I think that is actually getting you know horizontal and and running. That's actually something I think these defensive tackles can do. You know mm-hmm. and 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 I don't I think where they will struggle is being dug out and being uh, and moved off the ball. But I, I, you know, I think that you've got Demarcus Lawrence, you've got Alden Smith and Randy Gregory, uh, and I think the key is to stopping that run game is 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 you know st- holding the edges, and I think that that's where this defense has uh, has made has made improvements. I mean, I think they were doing that early on, but because they were able to kind of more solidify the edge in ways that they haven't before. Um, it's made things a little bit easier for the defensive tackles to try to 
squeeze through gaps and get and get penetration and then collect themselves. I think that's really where the difference has been the, the last few weeks with the defensive tackle play is that it feels like guys like Neville Gallimore, um, they're finding better balance when they get through the line of scrimmage. They're, they're finding ways to sustain blocks and blows that are being put on them by these offensive linemen uh, and, and, and maintain gap integrity, which, uh, mm-hmm. which even if they're not making the tackle behind the line of scrimmage, uh, if they're just disrupting the play or, or you know, discouraging the running back from going in that lane, uh, it, it's it's providing opportunity for more guys, uh, uh, different parts of the defense to come up and, and, and clean up those plays. So, uh, you know, look, the coverage, I think, will be a little bit better because you're getting Chidobe Awuzie back. Hopefully that will help things a little bit. If the defense can kind of continue its trend of staying gap sound uh, and just, you know, like I said, being able to sustain – the blocks inside and, and not just get completely moved off their spot. I think this defense can tighten up again. I, I, I think that the, the things that you and I were calling for all season week after week, okay, there's gotta be some improvement. There's gotta be some improvement as they start to figure this out. I, I think it just took a lot longer than we all anticipated. Uh, and that's at least my hope. If we see a, another week of solid defense, not, not, you know, great defense or even good, but just not, terrible defense like we did you know similar to the play that we saw last week against the Steelers in the previous week against the Eagles I, I think I think it's safe to be a little bit encouraged that maybe this defense uh, has started to find its footing a little bit more that is it for today's show thank you guys for tuning in make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts remember you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys you can follow Landon at McCoolBCB and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier and we will see you next time